You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 285 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with photographer extraordinaire, Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? (laughs) I'm good. What's happening in Gina world? Oh, I've just come back from um, doing a photo shoot with some medical professionals today, so it was a big day, (laughs) and uh, it's been a hell of a week. What about you, Val? Oh, it's been a hell of a week. In fact, I will admit I have a glass of wine next to me as we're recording this. I know that we usually coordinate and we kind of yes. drink at the same time, but we'll we'll save that for another episode. Well, we've got 300 you, we usually, coming up. Yes, that's right. Mm. So not long. Mm. And so we'll have like bubbles and stuff. Yes. Um, but, you know, I just decided to have a glass of Pinot Grigio today just because it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> Good for you, Val. We'll have one for me. I'm I'm on the tea, but uh, yeah, I'm on tea's to, good. Yeah, tea's yeah, good. Yeah, I love depending the tea. what kind of tea it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you have some tips for us. I got a pro tip uh, Go for on, everyone. Pro tip. Love so a pro tip. This is a great one and very handy and could save you a lot of grief down the track. Label everything. Oh like yeah. Everything you own. Uh, put your name and your mobile and your email on your tripods, on your light stands, on all your little bits and pieces, particularly yeah. memory cards. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. That's often forgotten. And mm. uh, cameras and people have the flash flash gear and the flash, um, you know, adapters, all, all your little modifiers, bags, everything. everything. Because you never know um, – so many times this has happened to me and I've been shooting and it's like there's uh, like a pack explosion that happens when you're on a shoot and uh, you're packing up and there might be that there was lots of light when you got there but as you're packing up it's sort of dusk and how come camera gear is always black and it sort of blends in with the ground and then you you get home and it's like oh where's my who's a what's which is a technical term uh, yes. So uh, make sure that you label stuff because often people are quite honest, uh, but if they find something, how do they know it's yours? And often I, I have left stuff behind That's and right. then have that phone call. It's like we found this gigahoozy got what? They don't even know what it is, but it's got your name on it. Do you want to come back and get it? And the best, uh, the best thing you can do, a couple of things, is uh, you can get a label, handheld label maker. There's like The one yes. that I've got is a Dynamo label maker. No, Dynamo. Dymo. Dymo, that's it. I've got, <laughs> got a link in the show notes, Dymo. And it's like uh, we used to have them when we, we, we used to label our school uniforms and things like that back in school. So that's yes. what I always thought they were for. But you can actually use them to make little labels. And now I use my uh, handheld label maker to label my hard drives. 
So all my hard yes. drives are labeled with, you know, volume A or B. Uh, all my everything is labeled using that. Or if you don't want to do, do, do it yourself, you can actually mm. order online and there's uh, heaps of companies. Uh, I think Vistaprint I've done, I've used before. And it's you can get, a lot easier to do it yourself. It's get, a lot, just it, get the Dymo handheld. Just label get the Dymo. Not everyone wants yeah. to do it themselves, Val, but you can get like nifty it's little so ones. It's so easy. I've got the Dymo handheld and the Dymo desktop label writer 450. Um, Huh? And tell me about that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a good one too, but the handheld is great for the stuff that you have mentioned. Yeah. And I also use it um not only for my gear and equipment, but also for my makeup. So I have a drawer that is eyeliners and lipsticks and glosses and they're you, all labeled with my Dymo. Yes, tag you, handheld I actually copied makeup. you. Um because uh <laughs> your your um your drawers and shelves are all labelled yes, like you had T-shirts, long slit, because I've yes. done that in my wardrobe as well and I was like so happy with myself because I caught mm. – and you could do that with all your gear as well. So like if you have a, uh, a grip bag where you've got – like a, my battery box is labelled uh, with fresh batteries and then I've got another battery box that I label used batteries. So if I'm Perfect. using um, rechargeable batteries, I know that yep. the, the used ones go in this um, box and then when I get them home, I can put them on to charge. And also all my all my camera batteries obviously are labelled and then I've also got an in and out bag for my memory cards, which is yes, a fail-proof really system that I've developed so that when I shoot something, uh, I know that, 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 that anything in the red case is uh, cards that have been shot and used and yes. you don't use those again until they've been uploaded. And then I've got yep. the fresh cards that can be used in a completely different bag so that an assistant doesn't accidentally hand me the wrong card and we end up shooting on something else. So really super handy. Very, very handy. Now, we also want to give a big shout-out to Lucy Valentine. Lucy uh, posted into the Facebook group earlier this week and she said, just want to acknowledge that I'm probably a little over two months into my initiative to Master Flash in 2020. And this is my testimonial that Gina's method of learning Flash totally works. Now, I have to say, I'll just interject here, that we didn't ask Lucy for this testimonial. No. She, she uploaded this of, uh, totally of her own accord. So Lucy continues, I cannot tell you how many dollars I have wasted on online tutorials and workshops from some really great photographers and nothing made any sense. Gina, you have a very clear way of step-by-stepping us into understanding flash that no one else does i have gone from relying on on camera ttl flash only to completely understanding the principles behind ambient and flash light in manual what's left for me to do is just keep putting myself into situations where i have to use what i know until i get it right there's still a ton of mystery of course but i'm totally confident now that i understand the basics and with a little time and patience will start relying more and more on that Sunshine in my pocket, <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, Lucy's also a goldie, and uh, yeah, we worked together uh, with her uh, for the last few weeks, and uh, she's doing a phenomenal job with her. Like going from someone who had no idea what it's like, uh, uh, like shooting daylight, very comfortable with that. Uh, flash was foreign, and I do have a, a very set 
uh, technique that I teach uh, to to learn Flash that makes it absolutely fail proof, so that yeah. everyone understands uh, the. These are the steps you take, and if you do it this way, you're going to learn really quickly rather than, you know, a lot of um, tutorials are just so confusing. I've taken all of the confusion out, and so good on you, Lucy. It's uh, amazing to see you uh, develop so quickly. It's fantastic. And Lucy has learnt because she is a member of the Gold Community, and if you're interested in finding out more about the Gold Community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. I loved mentoring Christy Hurd, who's been a member of our Gold Community. I've always encouraged members to pursue their own passion projects. Christy started taking photos of a Brad Pitt doll to practice her lighting setups, but this escalated into a full-blown passion project as she started to photograph Brad in a variety of different outfits and locations. Ultimately, she created a stunning coffee table book of her images. Putting a book together is something that I've always dreamed of um, and I've actually done it and I'm incredibly proud of it and the feedback that I've got from family and friends and from the community as well, Gina, you know, it's just been amazing. Um, And it's opened quite a few doors um, and you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah, I have. Um, I've had a couple of people interested in working with me. Um, one of those people is a fashion house in Paris. It's called... I know. <laughs> when I'm speaking it, I'm like, really? Um, yeah. So there's there's a fashion house in Paris called uh, Lords and Fools, and they create um, fashion for men and women, which is inspired by. Um, military so they they're very regal they've got a lot of um you know great looking outfits that they create and um they created john bon jovi's waistcoat that he's currently wearing on stage if you'd like to find out more about the gold community just go to genomilitia.com and click on join the community all right let's move on to our special guest this week who have we got gina so this week we have a photographer by the name of Tamash and uh, he actually goes by one name because he's uh, one of those guys, you know, there's a few people in the world like Cher, Madonna, Tamash <laughs> that are that famous that they only need uh, one name. So I uh, first discovered Tamash's work uh, a couple of years ago. He's a Switzerland-based Polish photographer. He's also a uh, publisher and a curator. So he's a founder and editor of the Fuji Love magazine, and he's also uh, bringing out uh, a printed photography magazine called Frames, and he also has a a brilliant photography podcast called Photography Radio Podcast. But uh, what I love about Tamash is um, following him on Instagram is he is also not only a a fantastic photographer, but an amazing curator. And I've been introduced to so many fantastic photographers by uh, following Tamash. And so uh, I wanted to get him on the show and talk about his thoughts behind photography. And he shares his thoughts on fine art photography and how to create 
more meaningful images that inspire the viewers to feel something, which is what we all want to do. And we also chat about uh, what, you know, fine art photography means and how to shoot from the heart and what the qualities of an image are that do this. And uh, he's, he's also got a background in music. So I've asked him about uh, how his uh, being a musician has helped him with his photography. And, and there are some fantastic tips that he shares, uh, his thought press, process on working with uh, famous musicians. And often you only get such a short amount of time uh, and you're shooting under pressure. So how does he connect with those people when he's got less than five minutes to uh, get the shot and then uh, some fantastic tips on how to get your work published because he is a publisher and so he's obviously getting uh, submissions for, uh, from other photographers to get their work uh, seen and noticed. So he gives us some great tips on how to get noticed and we finish up with uh, his views on the new Fuji X100V. So shall we have a listen, Val? Absolutely. Let's have a listen to Tamash. Tomash, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, hi, Gina. Uh, nice to meet you uh, uh, digitally or online, so to speak, <laughs> right? Thank you so much for, for inviting me for, for this podcast. It's my, 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 my honor and pleasure to be here. And it's great to chat to you. I've been a big fan of your work for a long time. Now, um, before we get right into the podcast, I am not game to try and pronounce your surname with my Australian accent. Okay. So for the listeners, uh, because you're actually um, – You've got uh, – you're very lucky in that there's only few artists that have uh, done this in the world. So you're in some great company that go by one name. So you're like – you're in great company, people like Rembrandt, Mozart, Madonna, <laughs> Oprah, well, and Tomash, well, right? You're known by one name. But yeah, you, okay. you do have a surname. How do you say it? I do have it. And so, you know, there, there, is, a, there is a very important reason behind this decision, you know, going with, with, with uh, only my – uh, first name Tomash, yes. Which actually these day, these days I I spell it even differently. So let, let's let's get back to the roots. My name, my original Polish name, I come from Poland, is Tomasz Trzebiatowski, and yeah, as, as anyone you know in the world can confirm, it's it's a very difficult name to pronounce. Yeah. And um, Polish is anyway, I think, on top of the list of the most difficult languages out yep. there. And Trzebiatowski, and especially with the, you know, combined with the first name, Tomasz Trzebiatowski, it makes it so difficult to pronounce that even uh, me, myself, I'm struggling with it sometimes. <laughs> oh, all right. So, you and know. I think uh, Tomasz is great and uh, there are very few in the world. Uh, so, we'll, we'll stick with that. And uh, yeah, great name. <laughs> That's so, it. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, the other question I ask my listeners, uh, my uh, guests is, where in the world are you? So currently, I you know, for the last, um, it's already, I guess, 20 years, I've been living in Switzerland. So I'm Switzerland-based. Mm. Uh, but I originally, uh, like, like I mentioned before, I come from Poland. So um, it was actually music. You know, I'm a photographer, but I'm also a classical pianist. Yep. So it was, it was music which brought me here to Switzerland. I studied, you know, my postgraduate um, studies here in Switzerland as a pianist. Right. So it has been 20 years. I, I'm now based in Switzerland. Fantastic. And I want to start with uh, a quote from your bio. So you say, for me, photography is fine art and whatever I photograph, my approach always remains the same. Through the lens and through my eyes, it has to touch 
the heart. So a great quote, by the way. Um, Thank you. So let's talk about that. What, uh, what is fine art photography? What, what does that mean to you today? Well, okay, you're starting with the big one, huh? Here. Of course, I'd go right <laughs> in deep. Let's just go. Well, you know, uh, this, this love, this passion to photography, I have been doing it now for, um, yeah, it's also uh, approximately 20 years, you know, when I, when I really discovered it, um, jumping even, you know, more back, you know, rewinding a, a bit more. My father was into photography. He was an amateur photographer, but I think it comes from him. You know, I got, uh, you know, his passion was contagious to some degree. And, yeah. and I, and I, and I had it in me already as a child, as a teenager and so on. But I also, as I already mentioned, I, I, I actually um, got education and, uh, you know, learned uh, um, uh, playing the piano. So I'm a pianist. So it took, you know, in those years when I was a teenager studying, it took, you know, like basically 90% of my time, uh, mm. you know, practicing the piano. But uh, these uh, visual fascinations, uh, they were they, they were always there, you know, like I was always reacting to to paintings, to photographs, to to things I see in front of me, you know, I, you know, so, um, at some point when I found some more error, I, I just grabbed the camera, you know, like I got my first digital camera back then. It was, uh, I guess it was the Canon power shot G2, uh-huh. which was my very, very first camera ever. It's, it's, it feels like ages ago. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and I started photographing and now, you're asking about fine art photography. Yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, fine art photography. It's some kind of a label. Mm. Uh, it's you know, even even today, it's it's sometimes difficult for me to define it. I guess, for me, fine art photography is a very very personal interpretation of of um, of whatever I see in front of me. You know, with my eyes. So. Like I said, it can be a, a, a landscape. It can be a detail of a of a cup or a, of a spoon on, on my on my dining table. Mm. It can be a portrait, but it will probably never be a straight up simple, you know, snapshot. Uh, but I will try to um, approach or you know portray this object or this person or this view in. In my very personal kind of way, I mean, I, I, I try to look at it from different angles. I, I also work a little bit after the fact, after taking the image, you know, on my computer. Today is digital. Um, so I am, you know, working with different looks, with different, you know, shades, uh, you know, lighting, everything. So I guess this definition when you're asking me, it's it's fine art photography. A fine art photograph is, a, is my... my very personal interpretation of of any given scene or or object. Okay, so let me, let's break that down further. So when you see something, is the reaction from the head or from the heart? Because there's a difference. If you're reacting from the head, you're thinking about how can I make this photo to get a reaction. But when it's from the heart, it's a different feeling. So can you describe that, that that feeling of seeing something and being drawn to an image rather than uh, by the heart, rather than right. being drawn mm-hmm. to an image from the head? What's the difference for you? Yeah, so well, for me, I would say definitely it's, it's starting in the heart. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, let's say it's a, it's a beautiful, you know, landscape scene. 
I can be basically touched. I mean, I can be, you know, overwhelmed. I can be, yeah, touched. You know, I, I, I there's a clear emotional reaction to, to this thing. Even with, a, I mean, the same comes to the, to the people, you know, uh, interesting faces, uh, mm-hmm. things people are doing, you know, I can kind of, I can kind of, what's the expression in English? I can kind of get into their skin yeah. and like kind of feel, I'm trying at least, I you know, to, to, to feel what they are feeling, what they are into. So I'm really emotionally kind of connecting with them. Yeah. And even the very same thing can happen to me with a, you know, with a simple object like I said on my table, it can be a, it can be, you know, it can be eggshells, right? Let's say yeah. uh, after I, ha- after I have eaten my breakfast, somehow the, the form, the light, which is, you know, falling on them. And somehow even this most quote unquote stupid object can kind of fascinate me. Yeah. And it, it definitely happens first on the emotional level. Then, like you say, I switch on my, if I want to photograph it, yeah. I switch on my head as well. You know, all the technology, I'm thinking about the light, the best angle, how it will work photographically, of course. But still, during this process, till the very end, what I am trying to achieve is I'm trying to capture my emotional reaction on the final picture. Great. And so the heart notices the image first and then the heart, the head goes to work to create the image. Is that, is exactly. that fair, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And is it light or form? that you notice first or it, it differs depending on the image? It's a very good question. You know, I think about it myself very often, like actually what, yeah, what, what am I reacting to? Right. And I, I would say so many photographers, uh, talk about the light, which no question it's an important element for me. Right. As well. But somehow I have the feeling I am reacting more to the, to the, to shapes and forms first. You know, but mm. having said that, of course, the depending on the light which is around, light creates those shapes and forms as well, right? Because it can be shadows, it can be accentuating certain forms. But somehow I'm, I'm really drawn to lines, to shapes, you know, patterns. Mm. And when any given kind of interesting, you know, shape or pattern uh, happens to be combined with, a, with an interesting light, that's that's the winner for me. Then then I have to stop eating and go grab my camera. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find that you're always on? Like that photographer's eye is always on. You can't go anywhere without seeing images. Well, you know this. Yeah, you're great questions, really, Gina. This is uh, yeah uh, exactly the things we we all I think. I mean, those of us who are into it deeply always think about right. Yeah. Uh, I used to be much more on than I am today. Somehow, you know, intentionally. Today, I don't feel, because for me, being always on, when I think about it, it, w- it would be exhausting. Right. It would be like I could not, you know, enjoy my family time. I could not relax. I could not watch a movie, right? Because movie is full of <laughs> visual yeah. elements. So not really, you know, I happen just to notice things when I notice them. It's right. not like I'm consciously scanning, like some people say, all, all the time, you know. Yeah. But when I notice something... I kind of assume then, or, you know, um, have the, get the feeling that, that this is probably something worse, you know, considering, uh, putting on a photograph, but it just happens. It's not like I'm consciously always, you know, t- uh, 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 turning my head around and looking for things. It's not like this. Is it like when, um, 
you're listening to music or there could be music in the background and a, a lot of the songs just go through and you barely notice them and then something comes on and it stops you in your tracks. That for me is when I see a great image, like there'll be images, images, images. I ignore most of them and then there's something in front of me that I just can't ignore. Does it feel like that? Um I would say like with, you know, with, with, with uh, normal surroundings, I mean, mm. not images per se, but yep. like, you know, just it's, uh, it's really on a subconscious level. And then, like you say, when something, yeah, there's a quote catches my eye. Mm. Right. But mm. then I, then I suddenly react, but it's not like I am always exactly on and, and, you know, looking for those things with music. This is a good question. I'm also a musician. Yes. It's different for me, but maybe because I'm really you know, educated, you know, classical musician and so on. So for example, and my wife, by the way, is also a musician. She's a violinist and we, we agree on this. We can't, and mainly with classical music, we can't have it as a, as a background. We can't then concert. I mean, our attentions, attention goes so clearly towards the, 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 you know, what's coming out from the speakers. We can't, it's almost like distracting if we are doing something else. So our full attention is going to this to this music, and we can't concentrate on anything. Oh, because you're so drawn it, to the music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but, that's but, in you. That's who you are. That this is, the music is your first. Well, would you argue that the music was the first love? Did the music come before the photography? Yeah, it came before photography. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I mean, I don't know what was in my blood, you know, so yeah. to speak, but yeah. surely as a, as a passion, as my activity, you know, it was first. You know, even as a, as a child, I was already going to concerts. Of course, it was my parents who were introducing me to it first. But yeah, definitely music was first and then photography followed. So I've just got to ask, as a musician, when you hear music, do you see that music or do you feel it or do you hear it? Or is it a combination? Because I've always wondered that about musicians and I'm fascinated by the craft of creating music, of playing music. And I think that when you hear a great musician put their their, their heart and soul mm. into a performance, it, it makes us respond. We feel it. And then you hear the, you see the flip side of that when you, you hear a musician that um, – that makes the music sound so clinical and then two musicians can play the exact same uh, piece and one mm-hmm. has so much power, one is far more powerful than the other and I think the same happens with photography. Two photographers can photograph the same subject yet one manages to capture the soul or, 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 of that person or that uh, that uh the image where the other person uh, that photographs mm. it misses that and, and creates something more clinical. So d- 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 does that love of music come into the photography and how does that all work? Yeah, excellent question again. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, when I perform, because I also still play as in, yes. you know, as so pianist, it's concert uh, level, isn't it? You like it's uh, well, it's not Carnegie Hall. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you're not yes, playing I mean, at the local library. You're 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 high up there in terms of qualifications. A bit higher, yeah. Right. You're not a busker. I, I also, it also happens that I can play in a local library. It's not. Yes, I have of course. Against it, you yes, know, because. Uh, but yeah, I play concerts mainly chamber music. Yes. Um, so you know, like a piano trio, piano quartet, yeah. or and so on, and. Uh, Okay, back to the, you know, to those feelings. So when I perform music or when I listen to music, I don't see, you know, this particular piece or, you know, even the key in in visual terms. There is many musicians that associate very clearly, for example, uh, certain certain um, 
you know, uh, keys, like let's say C major or A minor, they say A minor is clearly blue for me. Really? You know, or C- yeah, yeah, there's many musicians like that. And um, they, they have like no doubt. They just immediately see the color. I don't have it, to be honest. I don't, I, I never had it. For me, music and the, you know, of course, the key, the, the, the mood of the music was always directly somehow resonating with, uh, with those main, you know, basic human emotions. So, you know, sadness, um, happiness, you know, something funny, uh, you know, anger. So when I perform, I try to kind of inject or, you know, specific moments of, of music, specific pieces, movements, they, um, I kind of feel emotions, those basic emotions in my body, but I don't see images. I have to force myself, sometimes I do it, to try to attach a certain story or scene or an image to, to, to any particular moment of music. Then I can kind of, yeah, I can go into this mode, but it doesn't happen naturally like with my other, other people. Um, it's for me just kind of like an emotional state, you know, process. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it happens that I relate to stories from my own life, you know, backwards, yeah. whatever it might be, something happy, something good or bad, and kind of, and I kind of play about it, you know what I mean? And maybe this, these are the moments that I communicate most strongly with the audience, probably, I, I, would, I would hope so, right? Mm. Um, and I think that's why I missed... Or, or, you know, um, uh, went on this photography, second kind of parallel journey for me. Because I was, because music is completely abstract in a way, when you listen, it's just tones, you know, it's, yeah, yeah it's abstract. It's nothing tangible. Photography is, well, it's also not tangible, but it's closer to that. It's visual. So for me, you know, to fulfill my inner, whatever, you know, um, needs emotional needs i i think i need those two elements completely abstract music and then complementing it with those visuals you know in my in my creative being right all right so when from the music education and and like i'm i'm tone deaf i can't i can appreciate good music but i don't have the discipline to learn an instrument okay and i know there's a lot of discipline involved in learning how to play how did learning to become a musician help you in that the discipline that you have to have to practice every day and learn the notes and all the repetition how did that help with your photography um so first i have to say i was not the most disciplined musician yeah. <laughs> i mean whatever it means you know i i practice i practice the amount of hour you know as a, as a as a kid as a teenager and and so on as a student I practiced, of course, the amount of hours I, I needed, you know, to get where I wanted. I could have probably, you know, practiced more and, and get even further. Um, but I always, you know, I was my, my um, starting point was both with music and with photography is my final vision. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel it. I see it. I, I feel how I want this particular piece of music to to be played by me or you know how i would like it to sound when i photograph i when i you know see it in front of me very quickly i feel i pre-visualize this final image and basically with when you ask me about exactly those times when when i were you know was was learning the piano and and practicing very very much it was always the final result 
So I was basically just stubborn and, and you know, and, and be a patient in a way to get where I want. And if it, if it, you know, required one hour of time, it's fine. I went, I, I, I could play it. I went to play football, you know, Right. <laughs> but if I needed a week to, 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 to perform in a way which I want to, to, to do it, then it was a week. Right. You know, and, and things the same. And, and this in a way helped me then later with photography. So right. I, I'm stubborn. I'm patient. I, I won't get the result I want. So I think this, what's the word? It's of course missing right now. Um, you know, it's a similar word to patience uh, being, you can help me with this one. maybe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this patience, you know, right. yeah. Uh, this what I learned. This what I surely learned as a as a you know pianist and kind of could apply to my photography now. I just work till I get there. Work till you get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when you're say you're doing a portrait, are you working the portrait in the same way that you might work uh, a song uh, or an arrangement of a song? Are you are you starting with a bass? And then you're saying, all right, what's missing? Or does it all just happen organically when you shoot a portrait? Because I'm looking at the beautiful portraits you've taken of uh, musicians, which is fantastic because obviously uh, you have a connection with them, you understand them, you can get in their head, and then for you to photograph them, it must be a beautiful experience. But how does that look uh, from the outside if we were to watch you photograph a portrait of a musician? Okay, so I can assume you are looking at my at my website, right? Mm. So, uh, uh, you know, it it differs very much if you are working with a because in like in every other genre in classical music, you you have also those quote unquote, quote unquote celebrities, right? Yes. So it also happens that you get ten minutes of time. Yes. Right. You know, it's it's somewhere, you know, just before the concert or just yep. after the concert or you know, it's in the break of the concert and. Um, so if I know, of course, that I am dealing with a person, with a musician who, and you know, I will be having 10 minutes, yep. then of course I give the, the this final image way more thought in advance. And so I really have to know what I will be doing, right? Yes. When, I, when I get there, I don't have to, you know, <laughs> um, uh, struggle with my, with my lights, Lighting, and, you know, yes. with my dials and so yes. on. So that differs. It differs a little bit. If I'm working, there are certain images on my website which are images of uh, of my friends, you know, who asked me to be photographed. I have, of course, way more time. I, you know, I can I can work with a person two hours. You know, it's of course a combination of my of my patience and the patience and you know um, of of the model of the musician. But of course, when I have time, I, I I experiment. I work. You know, I notice things during this process. You know, light changes and so on. So yes, then of course I am I'm going through different phases phases. You know, in this in this process of photographing a person. So of course I have a certain vision, certain idea, but it can really flip. You know, I have to be honest sometimes because you know sun goes out or I don't know. You know, um, right. You know, I notice a reflection in the window or something, and, and yeah. suddenly start start playing with this. So, yes. I, carte blanche, you know, in a way, open, yeah. open mind, you know, approaching the, everything with with uh, with open mind. So that's kind of like when you're photographing your friends, if you've got all the time in the world, that's like a jam session, really. It's like jazz. Exactly. You play off each yeah. other, right? Which yes, is fantastic. I was about to say, and yeah, love and. Like that, imp- imp- 
Yeah, improvised. So, uh, like improvised. Exactly. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, those beautiful happy accidents that happen uh, when you shoot in that way. And let me see what happens if I do this. Or let me just, like you might have a, a setup in mind and then you'll glance to the left and you'll go, oh, wow, here's a nice little uh, background. Let's move over here. Or the model does something or your friend does something, uh, reacts and you'll, you'll capture that. I want to go back to those uh, high stress uh, uh, headshots that, and portraits that you do where it's uh, with a celebrity and I'd love, love to hear your uh, thought process and approach to this. So often uh, you get very little time. There are There is an entourage of people uh, impatiently waiting for you to do the shot. There's publicists, there's managers, and obviously the, uh, the performer that you're photographing needs to get back on stage or wants to go home or doesn't want to be there in the first place, which has been my experience. <laughs> with these setups right so i hope you don't see it in the portraits right no 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 no. so it's your your job as the photographer you have so little time seconds seconds to connect with that uh person what's your approach in those so obviously you will uh, ask for as much time as possible to set up and test the lights and you know that the first frame that you take is going to be correct. Is that your approach to doing it? You've got everything ready to go. The person just walks onto the set. Is that how you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So f- yeah. first of all, you know, my my, I am a, a, a low, in terms of gear, you know, equipment, very low profile yep. uh, kind of ph- photographer. So I don't work much with, you know, you know, uh, strobes and stuff. Yes. Ideally, ideally, I would be the, you know, um, whatever it means, uh, uh, available light uh, right. photographer. So, uh-huh. you know, window light, uh, yeah. daylight kind of. Yeah. But of course, with musicians, you are very often in concert halls, you know, some kind of places without windows. Yep. So, of course, you have to work with, with light or, or, or possibly also add some, some light of, of, you know, from yourself. Um, so, sure, exactly. When it's a stressful situation, where it's a little time and I need some kind of set extra setup lighting and so on then of course i really have to know what what you know it has to be prepared in advance uh, uh and i really have to know what i i'm about to do right now those 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 people of course of, of different characters right and charismas they also react differently okay in the first place it's a person who already agreed to this moment mm-hmm. it's a you know it yourself. You, you have been working with mm. a lot of celebra- celebrities. Mm. So it, it's already a huge win, right? So yeah. there is this connection already. And for me, you know, I think the main tool I use to connect with a subject, and, and now it doesn't matter if it's five minutes or two hours, it's I treat this, I treat my model, my subject, first of all, foremost, as a as a human being, yes. as a not a photographer to a model, but just a, you know, a human being to human being. Yes. So even if I have five minutes, I will use one minute of this time to talk with him or with her. So Tomasz, when you're photographing someone and it's in one of those high stress environments, when you've only got like five or 10 minutes, how are you connecting with them? What are you doing to... Um, to, to, to connect with that model in that short space of time? What's your process? Um, so, yeah, like you can see, I photograph a lot of musicians. It's mainly musicians. So so in those situations, I, I you know, um, I have this kind of advantage that I'm a musician myself. Mm. And very often I can connect 
to them very quickly by talking about you know what they have been performing or are about to perform on this day or what what they are rehearsing or practicing uh, very often i know the pieces myself it happens that i played the pieces myself so i can you know i i i enter the room or the hall uh, i meet the person and 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 i start with something like you know hello and congratulations on on the concert the way you played this intro to the second movement and this, you know, where it changes to A minor was just amazing. And I really mean it because I also, you know, listen to the concert. I know their recordings. And very often those, those, those musicians are, are basically shocked because they, they never expected that the photographer coming in is a musician himself. So uh-huh. I am connecting on this almost, you know, the most intimate level because yes. it's, you know, their music is their life for them. And I can absolutely relate to it emotionally, and they feel it. I mean, yes. I, you know, so I would not be able to to comment or or some kind of you know um, cadenza in a second movement of the concerto when I would not not have idea. They 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 immediately they immediately they notice that oh, there's something going on. He knows what he's talking about, and it changes the entire the dynamics, even with the most you know prominent musicians immediately. Like yeah, they open up within a second. Yeah, and I Yuzu. think that that. <laughs> Uh, the secret here, I think, is you can't fake this. So I see a lot of uh, blog posts and conversation about having a script when you're photographing someone. So first say this and then say that and then you say that. When it's scripted, that's not authentic and people see through that. But I can imagine you approaching that musician and as a musician yourself and as a fan of music, when you when you mention, oh, that bit where you did that opening, oh, my God, I know that that would come from your heart and it would be so authentic and you can't fake that. And, of course, you're going to connect with someone when you when you are honest and authentic in that way, and I think that that's probably the most important tip to getting a great portrait and getting a great connection with someone to to be able to uh, relax and speak authentically when you try and connect. Absolutely. So you know, and then we are almost like linking to this. Um, maybe you were you you were about to to talk about it later. You know, very often it must ha- be happening also to you and to to you know everyone who is somehow further on this photographic path, like younger people or people who are starting with photography come and, you know, and they, and they ask, I, you know, they, they, they tell us they, I don't know, maybe you can help me. I don't know what I should be photographing. You know, I, yeah. the number one thing I always would say, and probably you as well is you should be photographing the thing you are passionate about. Yeah. Then you, when you will create the best work, that's, that's first of all, then when it get, will get easier for you exactly in such situations, you know, people already, you know how this certain part of the world, you know, works and uh, everything will be just way more organic and, 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 trans, and, and transparent and, and, uh, you know, and honest. That's yeah. why you will pro- produce your best possible work. So that's yeah. always my, my tip. Yeah, and the key word there was honesty. It's an honest photo when you fo- photograph something from your heart. It is. It's got that, and and it's it's hard to see or to 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 describe. But you 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 feel it in the photo when someone has come from uh, an authentic heart place rather than being um, someone who's photographing something that they know 
oh, if I photograph this, this will get a good reaction or it'll get a lot of likes yeah. or this is what everyone else is photographing, which is going to bring me to my uh, – Next uh, question about uh, your other hat is uh, that you're a curator. So the, there is uh, a, the, the Fuji Love magazine that you're currently doing, and you're also uh, about working on bringing out another magazine called Frames. And uh, so I've been following the progress of that, and uh, you've been sharing sort of uh, all the thought process that goes into that, which has been fascinating. But as a curator, so obviously you're getting a lot of photographers from around around the world that are pitching uh, photos to you that they want to see published. As mm. with your curator's eye, what is it that stops you in your track when you see a photo? What is it that you notice about that image? So, um, you know, being a curator, as you uh, – recently I started thinking about myself as a curator. It's, mm. it's actually a, it's a good definition. That I am the, this one because I decide, right, so what goes into the magazine, mm -hmm. what goes, what ends up on the on the website. Um, sometimes I'm asking myself what, what gives me the right to be this person. But, you know, this is, I think, um, I think, I mean, this is the way it is, right? You know, when we have a blog or when you have a podcast, yeah. you also deci decide who to get on the show. Exactly. Right? So you're a curator in a yes. way. When you ask about how you know what what, what stops me and you know um, uh, uh, and makes me consider any given photographer or a photographer you know to be published and it's very close to to the process I described before of of photographing myself you know of noticing things myself it's it's a very similar process like you say social media Facebook Instagram you know all those feeds we see hundreds of if not not thousands of photos every day. Um, so we kind of become in a way, we are interested in the, in the subject, otherwise we would not be looking at it. Right. Mm. But, but we kind of, um, become, what's the word? Um, Desensitized. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's the word. In a way. Yeah. Uh, but then suddenly, like with those, you know, shapes and forms and shadows before and light, suddenly I react to, to any given picture. And I, I, I have to be honest my the, the strongest indicator of a of a you know that that i just saw a photograph that's worth you know considering you know looking more into is my gut feeling is my yeah. is this first reaction that makes me stop when i stop then i ask myself okay why did i stop yeah and then i start looking at the image longer analyzing and yeah of course, the gut feeling which happened in the first place already happened, which which means it's the thing I reacted to. It's the is the way is the is the composition, lighting, you know, whatever it might be, all the elements of the photograph that this photographer applied that resonate with me. And of course, it's a curator is a is a private is a is a personal, you know. Yeah. It's it's my personal choice. It's clear. But I would say the process is very very similar to. Uh, to noticing things that I photograph myself. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, as a curator, it's not just uh, a carbon copy of all your work because you have a really broad range of images that you're uh, attracted to, that you're drawn to, uh, that, that, that you're sharing with uh, the readers of your magazine, which is, which is lovely. They're, they're not just like, oh, I'll only like the type of photography that I shoot. It's 
all different kinds of photography. I'm often surprised uh, and it's lovely to be introduced to different styles of photography in this way. How can a photographer who is starting out or midway or like, you know, advanced in their career um, who hasn't had success getting noticed uh, by uh, magazines or want to get their work published what what what's some advice you would give them to to um, get their work noticed? Ooh, a, aside a, from like, a... <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying to advertise yourself or to get out there or get a hundred thousand followers. I mean, what is it in that photo that 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 they can that that they can go off and think about and inject in those photos to to put some heart in there? Yeah, so well, so exactly, you know how 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 you just mentioned. So I think the first advice would be be true to yourself. Absolutely follow, even if you doubt. You know, I I was there, and I I'm in this kind of place again and again, even after all those years. You know, where we where I kind of have moments of doubt. You know, because and it's normal. That it helps us growing. But I would say number one tip. Absolutely follow your heart and instinct. If you see thing that makes you know, grab your camera and photograph it, work on it, just do it. Because this is exactly the place you should be in. You know, it's that's when you will create your best images, right? Because mm-hmm. this is something so unique to you. Uh, only you reacted to this thing, and very often, and I have been there exactly. After this first moment of, of fascination with something, be it, you know, a detail or a landscape scene or, or some whatever it might be you, you want to photograph, very often just after this first initial moment of fascination comes the thought, uh, yeah, but, you know, million, millions of thousands of photographers have done it before. This mm-hmm. is nothing innovative. This is nothing special. No, we, you have to believe it's true. It is special because you saw it and you saw it only in this very, very unique way because it's you. And when you start working on this thing, it will get even more unique. And and then you will meet this point where you, you know, take the picture, possibly work on it a little bit. If you you need to, if you want, you know, on the computer, post-process it, then you have the final image. And if you, in your gut, feel this absolute, you know, sync, if you feel settled looking at this image, that's your best work, right? And yeah. then if you are thinking about, you know, getting published, getting noticed, of course, in today's world, especially it got, you know, through the digital era and, you know, everybody having a camera, there is way, way more photographers out there or people who, you know, photograph in general. So, of course, to to get noticed, it also requires some effort. So if you are thinking about being published, being noticed, you you have to do certain things. You have to, you know, at least start your Instagram account maybe, or you know, start sending emails, pitching magazines, and uh, and I can tell you, I'm very convinced that if you follow exactly this path that I just described, you know, publishers of magazines, uh, bloggers, podcasters, they need content, mm-hmm. and if your content is good, you will be noticed. This, for sure, but you have to stay true to yourself along all this uh, way. Yeah, that's great advice. And don't be afraid to pitch. But also, Tomash, like, do you think it's okay that uh, if, say, they pitched and 
didn't hear back or got a no, it's okay to try again in six months. Absolutely. Mm. And I would even say, if you are very serious about it, you don't wait six months, just uh, prepare, you know, prepare, prepare your email template or whatever it might be. Uh, uh, you know, make sure you change the, the name in the header <laughs> and, 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 and send it to, to, to 50 magazines. Yes. Because this is 50 different individuals on the other end of the line which have their tastes. Yeah. You know, when I, first of all, if you are thinking about magazines, of course, check the profile of the magazine. If it's a food, food photography magazine, don't send them your landscapes, right? Great advice. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, you know, so check the profile of the magazine the, the, uh, and then uh, make a list of those 20 or 50 magazines, you know, f websites, you know, uh, send it out, uh, you know, batch it, you know, uh, 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 put aside one hour, two hours a week, yeah. you know, on one of the evenings uh, and dedicate those two hours to, to sending out pitches, sending out, you know, your portfolio links and so on. I can't uh, imagine. Do you, do you, if you sorry, Tomas, do you yeah. recommend links or would you rather see, as a curator, would you rather see uh, thumbnails in an, in an email making it easier rather than a link to have to click on? What do you prefer? I prefer links. You, you know, do prefer I'm, links. Okay. I mean, I can tell you with the emails. Mm. Based on an email coming in from an individual, I can, or based on those, you know, even if it's, four lines, one line or a paragraph or, you know, a long email. After starting reading this email, I can, I can sense immediately how serious the person is about his or her craft, about, you know, if this email, and then if the person includes a link in this email, if this body of the email makes me, you know, interested and want to see more, I will click this link. Right. You know? So definitely. So, uh, so for, for me personally, you know, a link in the email is uh, is absolutely okay. If I really, you know, sense a possibility of, you know, striking a new relationship here, presenting somebody in the magazine, I, I will. And then actually I prefer to go on the website and see, you know, full, full size images, right? right. Because then yeah. you are looking actually at the final work. That's fantastic advice. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, all right. So I want to finish uh, your uh the, the, the master of all things Fuji, I think. Uh, and uh, I want to ask you about the new X100V. What do you think of it? Uh, I love it. Yeah. But this, okay, let's, uh, small asterisk. Yeah. I had this camera. I'm waiting for my copy. I, pre I, I ordered it one. I had the uh, pre-production model really? in my hand for, for, for one minute. I didn't ah. really, I didn't really, you know, um, test this camera or anything, uh -huh. right? But... I have been an avid user of X100 series since the S model, yes. right? So there was a S, T, and F. Now comes the V. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, I mean, I love this series. This is as close as you can get to, yeah, like Fujifilm likes sometimes to call it, you know, pure photography. I have two of my favorite lines, product lines of Fujifilm. This is the X100 and X Pro, right? Yeah. And they are, they are there is something magical, something something you know um how should i call it the camera those cameras disappear in in my process like they are a tool which i need of course but they don't overwhelm me with their presence with their menus you know dials everything it's so organic it's so natural and they produce beautiful images and i think 
the X100V in this X100 line, uh, for me, is the most significant step of all those steps between, you know, uh, between particular models in this line. Uh, they added this the, the tilting screen. It's a mm. it's a useful tool. It, it was not like a big deal for me, but when I, the more I think about it, it can be very useful. You know, for low low angles yeah. and, and also high angles. Uh, they finally changed the lens. You know, they so they are putting the same 23 millimeters, you know, f2 lens, but it's an improved version. Yeah. So apparently, from from what I have seen, it's rendering even nicer, even more detailed images. Wow. So uh, I mean, I can't wait. And for I, I am a you know, <laughs> visual freak, as yeah. we already know. So this the way the camera looks, it was already beautiful. But it's the sexiest small, camera in the world. It's a sexy, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. Those smallest. You know, the thing yeah. is, I, I love about Fujifilm uh, when it comes to this series, X100 series, they now made those very small improvements when it comes to everything on this camera, small but powerful, but at the same time, they are keeping the, the, the character and the soul yeah. of this line. You know, yeah. I love it. I, I, I'm so happy they didn't go some completely other direction suddenly, you know, with this series and, you know, trying to, to build something new which it is not, you know? So, uh, yeah, I can't wait, you know? I think in two weeks it should be arriving here. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait. I mean, my uh, love affair with the Fuji X100F is like all my love affairs. At first, I didn't like it, I'll be honest, because I was so used to my Canon system that when I first tried it, I actually put it away for a year to march and didn't okay. touch it because I was so frustrated. And then I'm <laughs> like, no, but everyone's... Rave. I would interview photographers. They're like, oh, it's the best camera ever. I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. All right. And I pushed through and uh, I finally got to a point where we understood each other and now the love affair has developed. And so it has been a slow burn for me, uh, but I really enjoy, especially for my uh, street portraits, it's because no one takes me seriously with that camera. That's what I love about it. I can walk up to anyone and can I take your photo? And they think, yeah, sure, you're harmless. <laughs> but if I, if I turn up with the, you know, a Canon and a big lens and all the, all the rest, they, they, people get nervous. So with this camera, no one has photo face. Everyone is open and honest because they think they're just going to get a snapshot. And it's, for me, that's what I love the most about that camera. Absolutely. I, I think you touched, very, you know, on a, on a perfect point here, uh, you know, the true love is never perfect, right? Yeah. And, and this camera is by no means perfect. Yeah. Uh, there are things that, that kind of still annoy me a little bit about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's my by far fav favorite camera out there. Oh, no, so, I'll admit it was lust at first sight at the body. I fell in love with the exterior, completely shallow. I'm like, this is the uh -huh. sexiest camera I've ever seen. It reminded uh, me of my film days. You know, absolutely. that's what I love. But the actual using it took a lot, took a lot to get used to. But now, um, the, now the we're original, good. The original X100 was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, so many people f fell in love, right? So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Fuji, Fujifilm is on, onto something with this line for sure. Fantastic. Exciting times ahead. Uh, Tomasz, thank you so much for uh, sharing all that information t today. Now, so uh, you've got Frames uh, magazine, which is a printed uh, magazine coming out. Now, you're talking about mid-year mid that's coming out? That's the plan, you know, um, yeah, just hopefully. very shortly because we are running out of time. Uh, so 
after all those years, you know, of, of being into in, in digital, in, into, you know, Fujilaf magazine is a digital magazine. Yeah. Uh, even though we had four, you, we had an attempt with the Fujilaf yeah. printed magazine. We had uh, four editions of Fujilaf quarterly. But of course, Fujifilm, uh, Fujilaf magazine is, is, is a very targeted, smaller group of people, yeah. you know, it's uh, uh, Fujifilm users. I always believe that the final destination of any 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 good photograph is is paper. I mean, yeah. uh, I just love you know feeling you know this tactile feeling of, yes. of, of of holding a print or a magazine. So I at some point even even though so many people were, are telling me, hey, you're crazy, you know, like print is dying. I don't believe print is dying. I don't know. I don't. Uh, uh, I think there is you know it, it's the same same thing that happened to to to, to the LPs, you know, to the records. Yes, record, you know. exactly. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Right? Now there's a a, a, a resurgence, a, a popularity, and and now I'm so sorry that I uh, I've lost so many of my albums, but it'll be the same with these print magazines. And and when I saw uh, the first uh, prototype of your Frames magazine, it took me back to the 80s when I was shooting and we would yeah, buy these you know, magazines every week I, and I just would look forward to seeing them and I collected them and we kept them and it was uh, that was my point of inspiration at that time. Exactly. So for me it's a nostalgic thing but I think it's also very important that uh, photographers see their work in print. Absolutely. And, you know, and the readers and the consumers, so to speak, of photography is a very mm. bad word, but uh, uh, people get tired of, of the, our eyes are getting tired of looking all the time at the monitors and iPhones and iPads. Yeah. It's so refreshing when you grab a photography book or a photography magazine, sit in your chair, in your armchair, whatever you might have on your sofa, grab, put a, you know, glass of wine on the side and, and spend one hour with, with beautiful photography just in your hands. You know, it's, it's such a, such a refreshing experience. It's so a that, completely that's my, that's, different experience too. It's a completely different experience to looking at an image that is backlit on a screen. Um, it's like nothing else. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Tomash, the, the, you have, um, a, a fantastic newsletter that's keeping everyone up to date about that frames magazine. So, so what's, uh, what, what are the links for that? So basically, you you can head over to frames.photography, that's the URL, and you know, and get on this list, and you will keep updated uh, when it comes to developments, you know, behind the magazine, uh, and also you will receive a weekly newsletter from me, which is called Between Frames, uh, where I you know share my 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 thoughts, my ideas about photography, share images, you, you know. Um, uh, uh, present photographers I just discovered or somebody you know I have I have admired for a long time uh, uh, nice place to be you know where where you really care about photography and uh, yeah would love to be I would love to have you also on the, on this list of course oh fantastic and we'll, we'll put all those links uh, in the show notes and also to framestop photography on Instagram which is a great place just to get inspiration and find uh, discover new photographers for which is fantastic and then yeah the your two uh, podcasts are the uh, we have the uh, photography, photography radio, radio yeah right? and 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 the second one is of course the Fuji Life podcast yep. uh, which is you know for all uh, about all things Fujifilm X GFX series uh, and it's intelligent uh, conversation it's not um yeah it's intelligent conversation it's great conversation about the the, the fine arts part of photography I, I think so I think a lot of our listeners would uh, uh, enjoy that as well so yeah fantastic so much uh, great content there today Tomash I, I wish you great success uh, with the magazine and thanks again for your time 
Yeah, thank you so much, Gina, and also very same uh, uh, to you with with whatever you are into, you know, with all your projects. You 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 also a a machine, I guess, right? You're, you're working so hard. <laughs> lots so, going uh, on. Lots going on. Yeah. So all the best with everything, Gina, and thank you so much once more. Thank you. All right, that was Tamash. And, of course, you can have a look at some of his beautiful imagery. We've got them in the show notes. Just have a look at um, ginamilitia.com and you'll, um, have, you'll be able to see how stunning some of his images are. Or you can go direct to Tamash's website, um, which is tamash.photography. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And he's of, he's also got an Instagram, um, but it, it's he's got a long last name, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce or spell, but we'll put the link to his Instagram in the show notes. All right. So, Gina, what have we got now? So, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, one of the members of the podcast Facebook group, Val, uh, <laughs> Ivar Vincenz. Vincenzoni. Vincenzoni. You, you, oh, I like you. So you're correcting my Italian <laughs> pronunciation. Fantastic. Well, I correct your conjugation, your, your, <laughs> yes, the way you, you conjugate do. your verbs. <laughs> um, he stumbled on your rooster shot in an in international website, Val. So I've shared that. So th- there you go, Val, you're, which is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful – you posted a uh, beautiful shot that um, – Another photographer took that managed to Henry capture. Henry Lee, yes. What was his name again? <laughs> Henry Lee photos. You'll Henry find him on Instagram. Lee did a superb job. He managed to capture the uh, the the lit up cock at uh, night, <laughs> right? So when it was the blue hour, right? Yes. So that you get like a bit of light in the sky because you don't want to shoot when you're shooting night shots. You you don't want to do it when it's pitch black you want to have a little bit of color in the sky and make yes. sure that you capture detail in the lights and a little bit of detail in the background he managed to get the uh the the bridge in the sydney harbour bridge in the background so beautiful shot and then um yeah eva vincenzoni has also found one in the thing so i'm just wondering <laughs> would that hashtag be cock shots uh, it's got you got to be a bit you know risky to to look that up but like who knows where else your um your beautiful rooster is being seen around the world val i was i was uh i was rapt to see that Okay, so and then I would just <laughs> so you will have to go to the show notes to see what Gina is talking about. Okay, do you want to expand on it, Gina? No, it's like if you click click on that, you can see that it's like there there it is. Uh, someone else has taken a shot of your uh, chicken all the way down. You scroll all the way down, and there it is. I don't know who took the shot. Uh, not as good as uh, your mate. But they've still got, you know, it's got. He's done it at blue hour as well. But uh, yes. yeah, there you go. All You're right, Val. <laughs> yes, sure. So um, let me just uh, also. It was Henry Lee L I photo on Instagram. So that's just a shout out to him who um, did a very good job. But yes, you can go look at the show notes to see what Gina's being cheeky about. Okay, that's over at GinaMilitia.com. Have a look at uh, episode 285. All right, what's happening in Gina world till we speak again? Oh, heaps on this week. I can't even think to <laughs> – I can't 
can't even speak, Val. <laughs> okay. Busy week. What about you? What are you doing? You're getting ready for your uh, big exhibition, right? Oh, yes. I have a solo exhibition mm. that is going uh, to be for the month of March, from the 1st to the 31st of March. Opening night is the 2nd of is, – is, no, sorry. Opening night is Tuesday the 3rd of March um, and uh, it, for those of you who are in Sydney, you're invited. Uh, I It will be um, at the Darling Square Bank and Art Space, uh, which is in Haymarket right across the road from the Novotel Darling Square from 6 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday the 3rd of March. But we'll put the uh, link to the um, RSVP or to, to the, you know, details on how to get there in the podcast community on Facebook. If you're not already in the Facebook group, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. Lots, lots of fantastic photographers from all walks of life. All right. That brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm also at Gina Militia on all social so, – so, <laughs> it's like I've had too much wine, Val. Uh, all social media, uh, uh, Instagram mostly. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, then check out the goal community and uh, you can be like uh, Lucy who mastered mm. off-camera flash in a very, very short uh, amount of time or all the other amazing photographers that I work with in there. So just go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. And thanks for joining us, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. 